Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Today on the podcast, we hear from CEO and co-founder Chris Tai from ResolvePay. ResolvePay is a software tool that lets you get paid on your terms, helps you manage and improve your cash flow. We talk about accounts receivable, credit checks and assessments, payments and integration with your financial stack. So cash flow is a big deal these days and ResolvePay can help you improve it. So for now, please enjoy this conversation with CEO and co-founder Chris Tai from ResolvePay. Just a quick word from today's sponsor, Arrived. Craft beer knows firsthand that the best ingredient is love. Arrived Point of Sale combines industry expertise, essential taproom tools, and a whole lot of love to make running your brewery even easier. Scale faster with Arrived's mobile all-in-one system that offers flight tools, digital card on file, and award-winning customer support. New customers get 10% off hardware or other startup costs when you visit. So just visit arrive.com slash craftbrewerryfinance. That's A-R-R-Y-V-E-D dot com forward slash craftbrewerryfinance. Launch with Arrive before August 1st, 2023 to claim your 10% off. And you can learn more at arrive.com slash craftbrewerryfinance. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gary. Good to be here. It is great to have you here. So why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself and give us some background on your company on ResolvePay? Yeah, sure. So Resolve is a sister spin-out company to a consumer uh, financial firm called Affirm that many may be aware of. Um, Affirm uh, does buy now, pay later um, at the e-commerce checkout, but we do that for businesses. And What that specifically means is we help with uh, invoices and net 30 transactions where oftentimes if you're a business uh, supplier or or, um, if you're a brewery and you're offering an invoice to a business customer, you have to act like a bank to your own customers because you're waiting sometimes 30, 60 or longer days to get paid. Um, So the way we got started at Resolve, um, my last company prior to this was an e-commerce checkout platform. And Max Levchin, uh, the PayPal co-founder and a firm co-founder had put some money in us. And he was uh, looking for a, when a firm was just getting started, um, they were looking for an e-com platform to test out whether consumers would actually click a button to borrow money when they were buying an expensive item, like an electric bike or uh, online mattress. And so we got a front row seat. This is back in 2012 and 13 um, because a firm actually put their button in our e-com checkout platform. And we ended up giving a firm their first 20 to 30 merchant customers. Um, in fact, the precursor to Apple Watch, this company called Pebble Watch, um, was using our platform. We had some interesting other hardware companies. Anyway, the long story short is um, we saw the consumer trend of this buy now, pay later explosion 
call it 2013 to 2020 front row seat. Um, and because we had given a firm many of their early customers, we, we learned in that experience that many of these consumer businesses also had a wholesale, a distribution or a commercial component of their business. Um, and they uh, wanted to basically take that buy now, pay later concept from the consumer space into the business space because many business to business um, operations would have, you know, like I mentioned, this invoicing use case, but they might be selling online to their businesses. So how do I drive the same lift in sales or the conversion to checkout in my B2B business, like I'm seeing over my consumer business? So that's how we got started. Uh, we spun out from a firm in 2019 um, and we really, really focused early on on this invoice use case around the net 30. So the net 30 button, if you will, but that's expanded since then to be a, a full B2B payments platform where we can offer you help with credit checking your customers up front. If you have to underwrite your business customers for a credit limit to buy from you, uh, chasing those customers if you find if you have a lot of accounts receivable outstanding and sometimes they're paying you slow or late and you don't want to act like the collections agent, we can help chase that for you. And oftentimes there's lots and lots of invoice payments to, to reconcile. So we support that as well. So um, we'll, I'm sure we'll get more deeply into it, but that's how we got started. We, we were the sister spin out company to um, a larger consumer financial platform called the firm. Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. So uh, you're thinking about that from the brewery space and, um, you know, putting it in, and we'll put some sort of examples on this so people can kind of get their head around it. But I, but if you're a brewery, in the brewery space, you're generally, if you're going to get your product out to market, you're you're doing it in one of two ways. You're self-distributing it, meaning you're delivering it yourself to the retailer, uh, or you're using a wholesaler who's then you know, sending it off to the retailer. And in each case, you know, you've got this tricky little problem called accounts receivable. You actually have to collect that money. So if you're a brewery listening to this and you're self-distributing and you've got dozens or hundreds of retail accounts, you know how hard it is to collect that money. As you said, they pay either slow or they don't pay at all. And both of those are kind of thorny issues and you got to chase it down. So this it really, really has a huge impact on your cash flow. And flipping that around, you know, if you're a brewery and you're working with a supplier, you know, you're negotiating credit terms. And, and typically those are your standard, you know, 10, 30 day terms. Maybe you can get 45 or 60 days. But this sort of concept of buy now, pay later and having some sort of way to um, facilitate that process or or make it more, you know, within reach, I, I think is really interesting. So we'll dig in on each of those points. So why don't you kind of take us through... Um, Kind of each of the services you provide, and maybe we can kind of backfill that with some examples of how a how a brewery might sort of take advantage of this. So let's maybe start with the you. you I think you had mentioned sort of this credit check and assessment. Like, give us a primer on that. Like, how how does that work? What does it even What does it even mean? And what information is included? Yeah, no, it's it's a really important point because oftentimes we find um, whether you're a brewery or a supplier, we work with a, a handful of uh, folks in this space that they have to figure out the credit worthiness of the counterparty. And sometimes you're just going off of a relationship, right? I've worked with you for a while and do I trust you to pay me back in 30 days or not? Um, so sometimes people are just squinting at their you know, existing business history. Some folks might use a service like Dun & Bradstreet or Experian or something like that and, and stare at a, at a credit report 
and try to make a guess at if this is a credit worthy uh, customer or client of theirs. But what we do is we take all that guesswork or the manualness of that underwriting step out of it. Um, so we do something we call a quiet credit check. And so if you're using our platform, um, all you really need is the business name and their business address of this customer that you want to offer net terms or credit to, um, or this net 30 delayed payment option to, and we'll take care of the rest. We'll return a credit decision, um, yes, approved or not in a line recommendation. And it makes it much, much more easy, right? So uh, some folks will even, if you've been doing this already, you might have a PDF or paper credit application where you're asking for things like trade references. Um, so you don't have to do any of that manual work. Um, oftentimes we've seen people uh, might still have people fax that into a fax line. And so there's a lot of outdated processes around trying to understand the credit worthiness of someone that's buying from you. Um, and we just digitize that process, right? So you can either, if you are as far along as offering a purchase through an online portal, you can do it digitally. So we can underwrite that uh, online, or you can offer a link in an email or just have them fill it out quickly. And we can even allow you to pre-approve it. If you just have a set number of sales reps or account reps that know a business customer that you want to offer terms to, you can just punch that information into a portal and then we can spit out the results for you. So that's that's the basic idea. We've found that oftentimes this, this is maybe the most helpful portion if you are starting um, or wanting to streamline this process of offering credit to your customers is starting with a really good uh, business credit check experience. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so important. And on, honestly, I think it's really overlooked because a lot of times, particularly you know, from a, from a brewery's perspective who might be selling to retail accounts, you know, they're like, well, they're so excited to just get their beer into a retailer and that everything else doesn't matter. You know, so are you actually going to get paid for it? Well, that's, that's kind of an important question. And even for not even for, but maybe even more, especially for like a beer wholesaler who's selling to perhaps thousands of retail accounts, they already know how, how challenging it is to get paid. And I exactly, I was kind of laughing when you were talking about the facts and the PDF paper credit app and the trade trade reference. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Nope. A, the, the retailer doesn't want to fill it out. They hate it. Like your customer, they don't want to do it. And two, totally. on, the, on the receiving end, you know, it takes forever to chase this stuff down. All you're trying to do is sell them product and understand what you're getting yourself into and have some fighting chance to know. Uh, you know, I, like I said, the credit worthiness. And then furthermore, like now you've got some intel about your customer so that when things do go wrong, this would happen time and again, where an account would go out of business, right? Salesperson would show up. Oh my gosh, there's a chain on the, they're out of business and they owe us like thousands of dollars. I mean, it's not like it happened once it happened a lot. And now you're like, well, well wait a minute. Who, who was that? Well, it's, it's, it's this store. Yeah, I know. Well, who owns the store? Oh, well, you know, Joe and Patty, well, well, where do they live? You know, and now you can't kind of, yeah. kind of in trouble. And in the brewery world, that's a real thing on the self-distribution side. Yeah. And, and we've often seen even the fact that it can take so long for, like, if you have to af offer terms because you, you want to sell some a, a large portion or something in bulk, um, it can take sometimes weeks to get to a decision, right? If, if the buyer on the other side is insisting, I need 30 to 60 days to pay. Uh, if you, if you just shorten that, you know, one to two week process down to a few days or even instant in some cases that can really smooth out. We found that shortening that sales cycle with a faster credit check 
actually ends up leading to higher sales. And we'll get into that more in a bit, but yeah, that, that, and also this fact that, you know, you don't actually know if the business on their side is still even around that, that reducing that confusion or that uncertainty is really important. It, it's super important. And, and I'll take that same example and flip it a little bit. So if you're, I don't know, so let's, let's say you're in the business of selling kegs, you know, you're a supplier and you're selling to a brewery, you know, the same holds true. You're selling to a brewery, you're selling to breweries, you're selling to hundreds of them. And that sort of credit check process, credit worthiness, super important there as well. And then be, and then from the brewery's perspective, you know, there may be a benefit too that, as you said, this sort of buy now, pay later concept could come into play where, you know, I can kind of only afford 10 kegs right now. I sure I sure would like to buy 50 if I had a maybe this is a, a way to kind of kind of bridge that gap if there's a credit um or sort of a need on that side. So that's good stuff. Let's let's shift to another service you guys provide and talk about the net terms and the invoicing workflow. How does like so let's talk about terminology like net terms. I know that comes up a lot. So maybe walk us through this and you know kind of how this how this part works. Yeah, yeah. And and this is really important because we found that if you're getting started or if you're going quickly, the idea of offering net terms, right? Or the fact that you know your business buyers need a longer duration to pay you back 15 days, 30 days or longer, that puts a constraint on you, right? Because you're now floating cash basically to your customer base. And most of the time we find that suppliers or breweries, they, they don't want to be a bank to their own customer base. That's a big problem, right? Especially when you're trying to grow and you're selling and you have to purchase inventory yourself and um, you have cost of goods sold. It's it's a big hassle. So what we basically do, so let's now think about you, you have this, if you're working with us, um, if you want to offer net terms to a number of customers and they've now been approved for, let's just use an example, uh, 25,000 credit limit for net 30. Um, what we can do is if you're going to send an invoice for a bunch of kegs, for example, um, then you can send that invoice through our system. We will actually pay, let's say the, the purchase or the invoice is for 10,000. We'll pay you up front, right? Like a payment processor or a credit card processor um, if you're the seller. And then that buyer of the kegs can pay us resolve in 30 days if it's a net 30 invoice. So we'll basically take on that float for you by advancing that payment to you up front. And then the buyer pays later. That's the buy now, pay later concept. Um, and it's really seamless, right? So it accelerates the cash flow, so you don't have to deal with holding that accounts receivable. Um, the buyer gets the benefit of paying later. And oftentimes we find, because we've done the underwriting upfront with that business credit check, we can often give a higher credit limit that you might normally than you might normally be comfortable with, right? So if you if you're a little bit careful with your cash, which we find folks tend to be, maybe your CFO or controller is only comfortable for a $10,000 credit limit. But if we're saying, no, I think they're good for 25, then you can all of a sudden sell more, right? So they can buy two and a half times more kegs from you than if you were underwriting uh, or floating that cash yourself off of your own balance sheet, right? So that's a huge benefit we found um, in this space where uh, we, have a, we have a number of folks who said, yeah, th this is one of the primary reasons we picked you is to get this cash flow smoothing or cash flow uh, advance. And it obviously allows us to grow faster or to provide this better experience of buying later to our customers who expect that because they have their own cash flow needs. And so being able to be that kind of float intermediary in the middle and 
having a software interface for both you, the seller, and the buyer, as they can make payments through this seamless buyer portal, is super helpful uh, to make that transaction more smooth and basically increase the business uh, surface area between the two parties. That's awesome. You know, it makes me think like the most folks, eh, many folks in business are really focused on uh, grow the top line, grow sales, grow sales, grow sales. And then cash flow is like, yeah, yeah, cash flow will take care of itself. And sometimes it doesn't, right? When you're growing like sales, you're, you're adding all these, you know, inventory and receivables and trailing costs and whatnot. And you actually have less cash when you're growing and it happens mm. time and again. It's just sort of, just sort of how it works. But I think what you're describing is very interesting because it helps kind of checks two very big boxes from a business perspective. One, you are, you can actually grow sales by way of what you just described and you can help and or improve cash flow because you're, you're shortening that ca- cash cycle tremendously and, and taking the burden of collection off of that particular business. So if you've got more credit available, that's more product that you can sell and you're not worried about, you know, maybe overextending the customer because you guys are stepping in to kind of facilitate that. So I think that's that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and when we've got a supplier um, out in Texas called ProBrew Supply, and, and they have said really explicitly to us, um, "Thank God you guys exist because now our cash flow is significantly more steady, and we can extend these larger credit lines that allow our salespeople to sell more, right? And we can even compete where we haven't been able to compete before because of that." So yeah, it's uh, it, it, we definitely find that it resonates to be able to do this better. Absolutely. So let's let's dig in a little bit more on the sort of the accounts receivable and collections process because because it really is a big deal. Um, so you've touched on this a bit, but maybe some more details on on how it works in a traditional admin department. So maybe we can kind of compare and contrast and how it works with Resolve Pay. Maybe just sort of a from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. We often find um, that accounts receivable teams or accounting teams that have to deal with payments um, or invoices, uh, they, they'll do their jobs and they expect to get paid when the invoice due date is, is written. But oftentimes, uh, theory is not practice, right? So uh, you're often spending lots and lots of time if, let's say, we see this often, right? If you're a two, even to up to a 10-person accounting or finance team, or sometimes it's just one part-time staff member, uh, lots and lots of time is sunk into this idea of having to chase invoices that are late or not being paid. And so we often talk about what we do here is being your accounts receivable team on tap, right? So if you've loaded a number of your customers and your invoices into our net terms platform, and they've gotten some kind of net 30 invoice from you via our platform, then we can actually automate some of the very simple but manual tasks like sending an invoice payment reminder. So we'll send a very friendly one. Like obviously they'll get the invoice when it's sent, but they'll get one a few days into after it's uh, after it, it's a, just as a friendly reminder before it's due. And then the key thing is we take a very important, like this, this customer relationship dynamic really matters, right? But once things start getting to the five to 15 days late, then they're getting I would say ever more gradually clear, but firm messages that they need to pay. And then if it truly gets into a delinquent state, 15 or 30 days more, then we can actually even uh, make phone calls, a human phone call to, to help support. And we often find that in, in the most delinquent cases, a partnership between you, the seller 
of that invoice and us, because we have a collections network behind us, is the most effective in making that paid, right? So basically, the experience is highly tailored to be customer friendly because we know that folks really value these relationships. But you can really scale your accounts receivable or admin team that way, right? We, we found, uh, I think there's a that that 65% of small businesses or even mid sized businesses are spending, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week just collecting payments. I think that's out of QuickBooks. Uh, they, they run lots of studies on this sort of thing, right? So having to bog your team down with that work where they could be spending their time on higher leverage tasks or growing the business. Uh, yeah, th that's that's a big trade-off that people tend to want to invite or add technology into the mix to basically level up or make your, let's say, three-person accounting team act like it's a team of 10, right? That's, that's generally the thing we've heard back, the benefit of this. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned technology a few times in there, and I know there's, there's sort of a you have a portal. So I guess a couple of part questions, maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about what that looks like, the portal, and then what types of integration you guys have in terms of what software you might integrate with and how that works in practice. Yeah. So it's really easy. So even though it's technology, you don't need to be technical at all to use this. Um, you can, uh, if you're, if you log into say uh, your financial application for if you use say a QuickBooks online or any other accounting system, we'll provide you a dashboard, a cloud-based dashboard to log into your net terms invoicing payments with us, right? So um, you can access the credit checking components like mentioned. Um, you can send invoices through our system that have net 30 attached to them. And then you build the C, we have a whole invoice tracking system where if the invoice has been sent out and um, the buyer now owes you payment in call it 30 days, buyer has also a payment link that allows them to pay with check, ACH, credit card, or even wire. And you'll see all the places where the buyers um, actually made a payment or if there's been some collections action on them, it's all listed in that portal for you if you're the seller. And the buyer, you'll get your invoice payment dashboard and all the payment methods I just mentioned uh, in an online link, right? So from an integration point of view, it's as low tech as just signing into a dashboard. Some folks that want to get a bit more complicated and integrate this into their e-commerce checkout uh, because they're selling online, you can do that. We have plugins into a bunch of e-com platforms like Magento, et cetera. Um, and then some folks that want it to be even more deeply integrated with their accounting system, we actually have accounting plugins too to make that workflow piece even more seamless. Great. So if you're a supplier to the beer industry listening to this, this could be a way to both grow sales and improve your cash flow and take kind of a, a burden off your admin. And if you're a self-distributing brewery who's either selling to retail or to wholesalers, you know, this can essentially do the same for you and uh, facilitate that. I think a lot of the smaller breweries, they, they don't have even a half of an admin, but you know, they don't have it. It's, it's usually mm. the owner or the brewer. Somebody's got to try to uh, go out and collect that money. And, and and sometimes it just goes uncollected. So this might be something to experiment with. Um, so why don't we talk about one of my favorite uh, acronyms, ROI, the old return on investment. So as mm. a financial guy, you know, when I'm coming into these and, and I say, wow, that sounds, that sounds pretty interesting. Okay. So usually I'll look at just the relationship between I mean, what does something cost and then what's the expected benefit or or the likely outcome 
Um, how do you how do you think a, a uh, one of your customers thinks about or measures return on investment for a service like this? I mean, do you guys have some estimates or calculators or? Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start even more high level, and then I'll talk about the calculator, right? So, if you're in a place where you're growing or you need cash flow, we actually have a cash flow estimator on our website. Um, so, if you're if you go to resolvepay.com and you scroll to the bottom, there's a how many like if you already know that you have let's say 100 grand or 500 grand of accounts receivable outstanding, and you know how many invoices you're sending roughly, you can actually calculate how much cash flow you you can get out of the system right there, right? So there, there's that. Um, and then from an ROI point of view, what we've typically found is most folks are aware of things like how much it costs to process a credit card payment, usually something like 3%. Or if you get sent a check, it's technically free, but it takes a long time and there's all this hassle, right? So from a cost of payments point of view, or even a cost of sales point of view, what we usually find is there is a fee obviously associated with using our platform, but what is the net benefit or ROI of getting more cash flow or selling more than you could otherwise, right? Like how much are you trying to pay for that extra growth? And generally we found is, yeah, there is a SaaS platform fee to use our platform and there is a cost associated with us floating those terms. But if that's worth it relative to how much more you're going to grow or how much smoother your cash flow is going to be, which sometimes can be easily quantified. Otherwise, other times it's just purely strategic. Right. Um, like if for the net 30 terms, right, we we tend to be cheaper to float the net 30 than a credit card payment processor at 3%. Right. And you can we'd love to talk to you if that's interesting. Um, but we find that 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 way of like if I can sell 15 to 20% more, we talked about kegs the, um, with net 30 than offering like a check payment or ACH or even credit card that's totally worth it to me, right? That's generally the logic that we're finding people have when they think about, is this worth it? Um, yeah, it's usually around the cash flow or the net new sales. And then sometimes it's also, hey, I, I just don't have time um, or I don't have the staff to chase these invoices, right? So the cost of having to hire a half or full or a team of people who are chasing invoices, what is that worth to me in like salary costs? And can I just pay a technology platform to do that? instead and pay a monthly subscription to it right so that's that's generally how we think about roi absolutely that's great and i'll direct people to that cash flow estimator so they can check it out because um, that's what we do here chris we love calculators we love spreadsheets and we love roi so if we can establish mm. that we want to do it why don't you take us through some people are listening like okay interesting um yep i can see some application for this um what does onboarding look like for a new client that's coming in maybe kind of walk us through that that process. Yeah, no, we tend to be pretty hands-on here because we know that um, folks are either doing this for the first time or they've been doing it manually for a while. So to introduce the digital steps or the online steps is, you know, this requires some explanation and support. So we have a, you'll get a dedicated onboarding manager um, to get set up and learn our system of offering the credit checks, processing the invoice payments, getting paid up front and having your buyers pay later, et cetera. And we found that, uh, yeah, within probably just a couple of weeks, you'll be up and running pretty easily, right? We, we try to make it pretty seamless to your existing workflow. And um, yeah, we'll set up a kickoff call. Sometimes it's the owner or 
their finance team or their ops team. And basically, if you want to get trained on the system, um, we take you through that, right? And then bringing your buyers into the system is generally the first step. In fact, we have a, we start off with a, a free trial process, right? Where oftentimes we're finding people just want to see, like if I put five of my customers into Resolve and understand how much credit limit I could get if I offered net 30 to them, it's a good way to get started just to understand, kick the tires, so to speak, on whether this works for you. Um, and then after you're off to the races and able to see like, oh yeah, I could offer net terms to these buyers and I could get this benefit from a cash flow, or those buyers can maybe pay later and get that benefit. Um, once you're good and set, then we'll you have you'll have a dedicated basically customer success manager who will support you at all times. So yeah, we we tend to be tech forward, but also we know that oftentimes in B2B, this is a very human relationship centered business. So we want to make sure we're supporting you in your way of managing your customer relationships. And I like how you can, how you put that too. You can kind of come in and kick the tires, right? So put a handful of customers through experience, how that works, you know, get to know the portal. Cause sometimes like software, Oh, that sounds awesome. And like, but I don't have time to figure that out as opposed to you can try it, you know, see if it works. Uh, maybe you have a couple of use cases already. You're thinking, oh yeah, maybe I could do it with this, this, and this. So they can they can just get in and and test it out. So that's that's very cool. Um, let's talk about trends a little bit. So you know, we were talking offline before we hit record that you know just recently concluded the Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, and there was I don't know what the number is, say twelve thousand folks attended, and every manner of educational track was there. Um, but it's always trends. Like everybody's looking for like, what's, you know, what's next, you know, what, what's next mm. in products, what's next in the market, you know, uh, this, that, and the other. So I guess from your perspective, you know, what, what trends are you seeing out there? And that could be like types of credit risks. It could be different ways of managing, you know, accounts receivable or just anything new that you're seeing that might be useful to emphasize for listeners. Yeah, no, this is a really interesting question, right? I think the big trend I think everyone's watching right now uh, is the macroeconomic environment. And at least in our space, when it comes to B2B payments or floating cash flow, right? Everyone's watching what the Fed is doing with interest rates and whatnot. And I think, I think you know, depending on where you sit in that spectrum or what business you're in, but for breweries and folks in the beer business, right? I think I'm, I'm imagining things, there are lots of conversations about this, right? So the cash is king theme is a big one right now. So I think that's partly why the fact that we can support this smoothing out of cash flow or getting you paid up front is a really big deal. Um, and we're finding that in terms of other technology themes that in our world um, as a technology provider in the fin financial technology world in particular, right? You probably saw, and as everyone did the whole uh, craziness around Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic, et cetera. And so like being a bank to your own customers, I think is even more scary now because even the regular banks, who knows like how they're doing, right? Um, so the idea of having solid financial footing and having the ability to be financially solid for your customers and be able to basically de-risk the financial transaction for you and for them, that's a big deal, right? And I think that theme is pretty universal and not just top of mind now, but it's probably here to stay. Um, and so that's, I think, very interesting. There's there's crazier things I'm sure that we could also get into, I don't know, for a whole nother podcast around generative AI and how you can use that to make your business more effective, right? And, and the kind of explosion of adding 
cognitive ability into your you know, business or your application. And I don't know, who knows, maybe there's going to be a generative AI uh, way to, I don't know if that came up at this conference, but to, you know, make your customer service better or to, you know, find something interesting that makes your ability to offer your product or your service better. So I haven't thought exactly about how that relates to uh, the brewing industry in particular, but it's definitely relevant to us as, as we think about, you know, offering better services to uh, our customers. Mm. Very cool. Something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, I'll just kind of underscore a few points that you mean, you know, the cash is king theme. It's interesting, like in for breweries, you know, there's there's sort of this theme of, you know, kind of the brewery businesses kind of quote unquote growing up, um, largely because in the beer space, it was like, you know, we love to brew, we love beer, we love sharing our beer. And yeah, it has to be a business, but you know, really, we're just about brewing beer. And now, you know, a lot of pretty much everyone is like, well, it's actually it is a business, too, because, you know, I want employees and I I want to give back to my community. And in order to do so, you know, I got to focus on the financial stuff and in particular cash. And I did a, a talk actually in Nashville on and it's funny, you said cash is king. That was the name of the, the talk. And um, now the joke that I made was 10 years ago, I did a similar talk and there were two people in the room and one of them was my mom. And yeah. And this, and in this this time, the room was at capacity, standing room only, and there was four or five hundred people in there. And so it just kind of shows, um, really, that that folks are sitting up and paying attention to managing the finance of their business, and particularly cash flow. Um, and you don't really you don't really know that or feel that until you feel the pain of I don't have any cash, right? Or wow, I got to pay the, I got to pay. I got to, I got to make payroll or I got to pay that loan back or I need that new equipment and so forth. So I'm always on the lookout for, for products and services like what, what you offer, because it's a way to address a specific need that's going on right now. And it's not always the brewery that's, wow, I need, it's, it's the breweries that are now sitting up and paying attention and saying, okay, yeah, no, it is a business. Uh, cash flow is a thing. Um, now, how do I actually practically manage that? You know, how do I go about it? So I, I think this is, this is pretty, pretty interesting um, solution that folks can check out. So, you know, so we covered a lot of ground, Chris, is there any questions I didn't ask that should have, or any, any final takeaways you want to leave for folks? Yeah, no, I, I think we, we were pretty comprehensive and I, I think maybe I'll say one part of the reason we're doing this is I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a business owner myself, right. Do, doing this. And I found that this idea of supporting, whether it's the cash flow or it's the better, you know, sales, it's, it's really this idea that commerce is a way, I mean, we, we have this tagline here, uh, growing transactions into relationships. And that's kind of the core thing behind all this, right? Because oftentimes you might offer net 30 terms. You might start with, you don't know this other customer, you have them pay up front, but then as you start to trust them more and more and they'll buy more and more from you, then you might offer some terms to them. So I think that that's kind of the spirit behind this is ultimately it's about building more business and building more trust within these commercial relationships. And so I'm, I'm excited because I think the beer industry in particular uh, is a fascinating one. And I know it's highly relational um, and there's interesting dynamics that we've talked about uh, between uh, suppliers and wholesalers, et cetera. But hopefully everyone basically builds bigger businesses and builds great relationships. That's our hope for all this. Mm, that's well said. So if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about your services, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So Find us uh, online. We're at resolvepay.com um, and you can try kicking the tires, get you set up with a free trial. 
Um, you can connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, CK Tsai is my handle on LinkedIn and also on Twitter. But yeah, I'd love to get in touch and see if we could be supportive of uh, folks that listen to your podcast. Love it. Chris, thanks so much for the time and the knowledge. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.